Good morning from the campus of Pacific University. In a time of rising violence and fear, I'd like to spend a few moments talking about the radical power of hope. To begin with, I know all of us are deeply saddened by the news this weekend of yet another shooting at a house of worship. This act of terrorism, apparently committed by a white nationalist, occurred at a synagogue in California on the last day of Passover. The man arrested is also a suspect in an attempted arson of a mosque. This act of gun violence occurred after the Easter Day attack on churches in Sri Lanka, which ISIL has claimed responsibility for, and terror attacks on two mosques in New Zealand, committed by another white nationalist. Three African-American churches in Louisiana have recently been burnt, a white nationalist has been arrested in those cases, and just this fall, a mass shooting occurred at a synagogue in Philadelphia, the largest act of anti-Semitic violence in the history of the United States. There is too much hate in our world, too much violence. It is not enough to mourn. We also have to act. Too often we gather, light candles to mourn, and walk back into the daylight with simply a prayer the world might change. Now we need to name the evil that is in our midst. It is fair, I believe, to say that while the President of the United States is not responsible for any act of violence, he sets a tone that inflames white nationalism. There will be some who argue that such an assessment is too political and inappropriate for a member of the clergy to make. I respect those who disagree with me. But I am part of a faith tradition that named the evil of slavery, worked for women's suffrage, and called out white supremacy during the Civil Rights Movement. We cannot make America better again if we do not name America's sins. Hate crimes have risen dramatically under this president. 17% in the last year alone, according to the FBI. Hate is emboldened when our leaders use the language of white nationalism. It is no accident that this president has been lifted up in statements by terrorist after terrorist. Hate is a, is a disease, and we can all be infected. Our responsibility is to offer love and to shine a light in dark places, because light will overcome the darkness. All of us have a role to play. Obviously, we cannot simply blame the president. To do so would be too simplistic. The Trump presidency has made problems worse, but it has also given voice to hatreds that are already present. We all need to examine where we fall short. What places in our own hearts harbor bigotry? Are we afraid to take on the challenges this age presents? If you find there are places where hate invades your heart and where fear keeps you from acting, you have simply identified your own humanity. For many of us, maintaining hope is difficult. Each day we turn on the news to learn of new acts of violence, new outrages, new stories about the disregard of our climate and our people. Is hope even possible? I often quote William Sloan Coffin, the longtime Yale University chaplain on hope. Coffin said, it is hope that helps us keep the faith despite the evidence, knowing that only in doing so has the evidence any chance of changing. Hope is aspirational, not blind. Hope is looking at the world as it is and envisioning that it can be better. Hope stands for action and against passivity. Speaking to students during the apartheid era, Robert F. Kennedy said that our answer is the world's hope. It is to rely on youth. 
the cruelties and the obstacles of this swiftly changing planet will not yield to obsolete dogmas and outworn slogans. It cannot be moved by those who cling to a present which is already dying, who prefer the illusion of security to the excitement and danger which comes with even the most peaceful progress. This world demands the qualities of youth, not a time of life, but a state of mind, a temper of the will, a quality of the imagination, a predominance of courage over timidity, of the appetite for adventure over the life of ease. As the university chaplain and director of the Center for Peace and Spirituality at Pacific University, I witness students today just as impatient with the inequalities and challenges of the world as young people were impatient with the evil of Jim Crow in the United States or apartheid in South Africa. I witness students who understand that thoughts and prayers alone will not solve gun violence or address the seminal challenge of our age, climate change. All the ingredients for hope exist today with young people, both in age and in state of mind. The difficulty is turning hope into change. A few years ago, the Occupy Wall Street movement helped to focus the nation's attention on economic inequality. The movement helped express legitimate outrage. Where Occupy Wall Street failed was engaging the political system. In a democracy, change comes through engaging in politics. Students in Parkland High School understand this. The Black Lives Matter movement understands this. All of us should be impatient with the slow pace of change, but frustration cannot lead to paralyzation. Hope dies when we stop seeking a better and more just world. Even in our darkest moments, hope can still exist if we recognize that hope that helps us keep the faith despite the evidence, knowing that only in doing so has the evidence any chance of changing. Be bold, be brave, never give up on hope. This is Reverend Dr. Chuck Curry.